The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Hey, we are finishing up uh, the end of our series. Uh, it's called Unshakable. And here's what we've been trying to do. This has been for your benefit and for mine. And here was the idea. There are some core things that you and I as Christians stand for that in our culture right now are under attack. And it was giving you and I the ability to, first off, just be confident to say, hey, look, I did not commit intellectual suicide when I put my faith in Jesus Christ. There is a reasonableness to our faith, and then even more than that, the ability to maybe have one or two or three answers that are disposable to, to, to give answers to people who would challenge us and say, whoa, 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 wait. It's only reasonable to believe in a deity. It's only, even if you don't accept my deity, it's only reasonable to believe in a God. And so that's what we've done the last few weeks. Today's the day we're going to wrap it up. But here's what we've done. We've said, hey, look, uh, it's reasonable to believe in a God. It, there's actually valid evidence that Scripture is accurate and true and, and that what it says is authoritative for our lives. Last week, we talked about this idea, is Jesus really who he said he was? Is he really God come in the flesh to die for us? Today, we're going to talk about maybe in the list what may be the most controversial of those four topics in the church. And here's the interesting part about it. It's, con it's not controversial because the Bible's not clear. It's not controversial because theologians are out there arguing or debating this. It's become controversial because within our culture, our culture's become all about tolerance. And guys, I'm just going to tell you that there are some things more important than tolerance, namely truth. And, and if, I, if, if I say to you, two plus two is four, and you say, no, 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 I like it better when two plus two is six. I go, two plus two is four, we're talking basic math here, and you go, you're really intolerant. Guys, this isn't a tolerance conversation. This is a what's true conversation, what works conversation. And, and here's this last one that you and I are going to talk about that I'm going to be frank with you and tell you a lot of Christians in the church today struggle with this, not because they've read their Bibles, because they haven't. And it's simply this, how does a person get to heaven? How does somebody get to heaven? And the Bible's going to come back without apology. Jesus, without stuttering, is going to say to you and me, the only way to get to heaven is by having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, period. No free hall passes, no good intentions, no I forgots, or the dog ate my homework. The only way a person goes to heaven is if they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, period. So here's what I'm going to do. We're just going to go through Scripture. I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture today. If, if, you, if you are struggling with that answer, it's okay, but I'm just going to ask you to do this. Go look and see what God said about the topic and not what you prefer 
about the topic. Okay? So grab your Bibles, just take a look. And guys, here's the deal. Open your Bibles, go with me, because you, you don't care what my opinion is on this topic. You surely don't care what the stance of the church is. Let's talk about what God says about this particular topic and be able to articulate it and tell our friends whether this is true or not. So grab your Bibles, go with me to the book of John. John chapter 3. So if you're not real familiar with your Bible, if you go to the back of your Bible, you work to the left, you're going to come to John chapter 3. And actually, we're going to look at probably what is the most well-known verse in all of the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16. Can anyone quote that for me, John chapter 3, verse 16? Okay, so let's do it. For God... Okay. Some of you are King James people, that was obvious. For Godeth loveth the worldeth. Okay. Uh, but, okay, but it's pretty simple. It's a verse that probably every Christian ought to know uh, straight up as soon as you come to know Christ. And it just says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, here's the deal. The reason that that leaves us open for some confusion is that you and I fail to read the verses in front of it and the verses behind it, because those verses are absolutely clear, and here's what they're going to say. The only way, the only way that someone comes into a relationship with God and the only way in which someone is assured of heaven is by having that relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's go back to the passage. It's John chapter 3, starting in verse 15. Here's what it says, that everyone who, next word, believes, puts their trust in, steps out by faith and absolutely bets their life on, believes. For everyone who believes in him, who's him? Jesus Christ. Everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only son, that whosoever believes, not is baptized, not helps little old ladies across the street, not gives money to dig wells in India, whoever believes this stuff, Whoever stakes their life on it, puts their trust in, believes. Whoever believes in, there it is again, what? Him, not in Buddha, not in Muhammad, not in Joseph Smith, not in crystals. Whoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Ready? Watch this. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Did you get the moment? He says, look, 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 look. 
This, this, is, this is a problem because, you ready? Every one of us, every one of us comes to the discussion already condemned. What's condemned? Already found guilty. I mean, if you talk about a condemned man, you're saying the trial's already happened, the sentence has already been given, and it's a done deal. He's condemned. And the Bible just said that every single one of us came to the discussion already condemned. Every one of our neighbors, every one of our kids, every one of us, everybody living in Africa already came to the discussion, what did the Bible say? Condemned. Guilty. Why? Sin. Sin. And if you and I are honest in the moment, you and I all know, let's just, we've all sinned. We've all sinned. We've all had a moment of lust. We've all had a moment when the salesman called up on the phone and we told our kids, hey, tell them dad's not here, right? We've all had the moment. We've all sinned. What we spend most of our time saying is, my sin doesn't stink as much as his sin. My sin's prettier than their sin. And therefore, I should go to heaven because my sin doesn't smell as bad as their sin. And what you and I are missing in the moment, missing in the conversation is simply this. No matter how minute you believe your sin is, it's too much. All right, let me see if this helps. I, I need somebody willing to drink a bottle of water. Who'll, who'll do that for me? Okay, well, all right, come on, come on. That didn't take you long at all. You a little bit thirsty right now? A <laughs> little bit thirsty? Okay, all right, so come with me, okay? I'm gonna stand right over here. Tell me your name. Esther. Esther. All right, so Esther, all I need you to do is drink a bottle of water. I brought this bottle of water from home. There it is. Go ahead and drink it. Not go ahead. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. In, in fairness and disclosure, before you drink the bottle of water, I should probably mention something. I got that water out of my toilet. No, whoa, 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 you're running my illustrate. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking, Esther. I am a really good person. So I figure my toilet water is probably way better than their toilet water, okay? Which means it probably is a, an acceptable toilet water. So if you would just go ahead and drink. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So here's the deal. I, I, I see that there's, now that I look a little more closer, there's actually um, something, something in there. So let's just do this. Let's just do this. Help me out, Esther. Here we go. We're going to filter your water. Okay, so hold, hold, here, I'll take that, I'll take that. Hold this, okay? And then I've got a filter right here, okay? And then we're going to filter the water. And actually, it's a very religious filter. Okay, so, so we're going we're gonna to put a little religion in there. We're going to go to church, and we're going to get baptized. We're going to do all that stuff, and we're going to filter the something-something out of the water. You ready? So here we go. Oh, that's working. That's doing good. I can see some of the chunks getting held up right now. 
That's working. It's going to be so much cleaner now. Hang on. You're going to want to wash your hands after this, I'm just saying. Okay. So you, 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 get, you get that that's exactly what a ton of us do is that we go, look, look, I, 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 know, I know, I know, I know, I got some stuff. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get really religious on God. I'm going to start going to church. I'll get baptized. I'll do my stuff. And, and I'll, I'll try to do more good things than bad things in my life. And guys, I'm gonna, if you look at the water, you go, look, look, look. There's way more. Think about this. Think about it. There's way more clean water in that bottle than there is dirty water. And so this is what we say to God is, God, look, 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 look. I've got more, way more good things in my life than I do bad things, so drink my water. So we come to the, all right, right? Okay, so here we go. All right, Esther. It's all yours, babe. It's all yours, so. Come on. You're not going to do it? All right, all right, all right, all right. Who out, who out there says, I'll drink the toilet water? Who says, I'll do it, Esther won't do it, I'll do it? I will. Huh? No, don't do it! It's toilet water, Esther! I'm not kidding, it is toilet water! How, how many, wait, wait, how many, how many of you go, that would be, that would be bad? How many go, Esther would be really stupid to drink the toilet water? You realize you just answered your question. Why can't any of us come to God with sin even when our sin is smaller than everybody else's? Because it's still toilet water. No matter how much you argue, hey, mine is cleaner than the next guy's, mine's not as bad as the next guy's. And guys, how many in here are germaphobes? Okay. Here's what you need to hear. So you're like freaked out right now, aren't you? You're like, ah! okay. Here's what you need to hear. As bad as you're a germaphobe, God is an even greater sinophobe. And no one comes to God with toilet water. It's why, it's why, you ready? It's why we were condemned already. Guilty before the conversation even started. As, thank you, Esther. Thank you for doing that. You almost drank. You almost did that. Which I did not want to pay hospital bills on the deal. I, I'm just going to say, I have like washed my hands like seven times this morning, and I am not a germaphobe. So, all right. Oh, good for you, Esther. Go wash hands. Go. You are amazing. Come back, though. Come back. All right. All right. All right. All right. So here, here's, here's the question then. Is God just being a jerk? Is God just wanting things his own way? Is God being intolerant? In the moment when he says, look, 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 the only way you're going to get to me, the only way you're going to get to heaven is through my son. Is that God just being narrow-minded? No. And let me tell you why it's not. It's not God being narrow-minded because... The only thing that works 
the only thing that has the capacity to clean the water, to clean your and my life, is Jesus Christ. And matter of fact, it'd be really, really dumb to try anything else. Grab your Bibles. Romans chapter 6. It's going to be to the right in your Bible from where we've been. If you and I are trying to clean toilet water, if you and I are trying to clean the sin in our lives, we better be sure we figure out the thing that actually works to do it. It's Romans chapter 6. If you've closed your Bibles, just go to the back of your Bible, work to the left, you're going to find this book of Romans. Here it is, Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 20. Here's what it says. When you were slaves to sin... So here's the Bible saying, look, 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 every one of us, every one of us pre-Jesus started the conversation as a slave, as a condemned man in shackles. That's how we started the conversation. Every one of us came to that moment already tried and convicted. When you were slaves to sin... You were free from the control of righteousness. In other words, hey, look, you were slaves to sin. You were living in sin. You were living like everybody else who didn't know Jesus. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed? He says, look, 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 look. guys, remember back to what life was like before Jesus. And at the end of the day, what benefit were you? I mean, what was turning out the right way pre-Jesus. The reality is, wasn't, wasn't it true that as you lived like everybody who didn't know Jesus, that every one of those decisions was turning out to be a bad decision pre-Jesus? What benefit was it to live apart from God? Those things resulted in death. Death of what? Death of your relationship with God. He's simply saying this, that you living your life apart from Jesus Christ, you're dead. You're like, ready for this? You're a spiritual zombie. You may have been walking around. You, you may have been doing things, but you were dead. You were a zombie spiritually. But now... <laughs> Now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Ready? For the wages, the paycheck, the paycheck for sin is death. Every person who decides to die, to go to the end of their lives with the water uncleaned, gets death. It's the paycheck for toilet water. But, ready? But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Here, here's all Scripture saying. He's saying, look, 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 you and I came to this conversation condemned men and women we came as slaves to sin, and the reason that Jesus is the only answer is because, you ready? He's the only answer. See, here's what happens. 
people go, you know, I, I'm just going to try to be good. And somehow they believe that if their good outweighs their bad, that that's going to break the shackles of their life, that that's going to somehow transform them by being a good person. And here's all God's saying. Those keys don't work for the shackles. You can be good all your life. You'll still die apart from God. These keys don't have the power to bring you into relationship with God. They don't work. Some of our friends are trying religion. And it seems like such a cool key and it's so ornate. And, you know, and if I just follow enough rules and if I go to church enough times and if I get baptized, then, then somehow that commends me to God. And God just simply said, this is not a religious conversation. This isn't about how many times you go to church. This isn't about whether you tithe. That's not what this conversation is. It's not can you quote John 3.16. And religion doesn't open the shackles. Religion doesn't have the capacity to free the condemned man or woman. And all God is simply saying is this. There is one key that works. There's, there's one key that changes our lives forever. There's one key that brings people who were dead into a living relationship with God. And that one key, the only key that works, not because God is stubborn, but because it's the only one that works, is Jesus Christ. And suddenly, you and I put these on... <laughs> And shackles fall free because that key works. You know, it's interesting because there are some of us in this room and you had a long time before you came to Jesus and this conversation, you get it. You're going, look, I'm just going to tell you my pre-Jesus life, it's ugly. I didn't, you know, I, for a while there I thought it was pretty cool and I was enjoying my, but boy, I'll tell you what, I started reaping my lifestyle and I'm just, that's why I'm a Christian today. I'm just telling you that life, that is death. The Bible's not kidding when it says that lifestyle is absolutely apart from God. And the truth is you get it. You know who I think has the hardest time understanding this is Christians who became Christians when they were kids. Because we, we didn't necessarily live some of those things and so we go, well, I mean, freedom and New life, and I mean, you know, I mean, I've been a Christian since I was six. But guys, you've got friends. You've got neighbors. And you know, that life, that life without Jesus is nothing but death and heartache. And guys, you, you want to know the truth? You, you want to know what one of the strongest testimonies, the strongest apologetics that Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life? It's your changed life. It's the fact that the freedom that you've experienced, the new life that you've experienced in Jesus, guys, no other religion gives that. No other faith gives that. Your friends that are Muslims, your friends that are Buddhists, none of them has experienced the life-changing new life that you have because, because, because Jesus Christ is the only way.
period. One person agrees. All right. So, so let's stop and think a second. If, if what I'm saying is true, then there's a whole bunch of people not going to heaven. I mean, think about it. You have a bunch of neighbors, you have a bunch of coworkers, and they would say, well, no, I'm an agnostic, or maybe they'd be a very religious person, but the reality is the place that they go to attend doesn't teach having a true bona fide faith in Jesus Christ. It teaches religiousness. You've got, you've got good people living on your block, and even though you're a Christian, they may actually be better people than you. And yet Scripture says that apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ, they aren't going to heaven which by virtue of that means they're going to hell, which would mean you and I know tons and tons and tons of people who don't know this story and don't know Jesus. Some of us would say, well, wait, 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 wait. What about, what about people in Africa? I mean, what about people who never have a chance to hear about Jesus, and so therefore they've, they've never actually even rejected the story? Wouldn't God give a free pass to them? I mean, wouldn't God say, hey, you didn't know, so there, there really wasn't a legitimate opportunity for you to make a decision about Jesus, so I'll just, I'll kind of sneak you in the back of heaven. You can have a little hut, you know, in the south heaven. you get that doesn't work. There aren't any free passes into heaven except a man be born again. And Do this, do this, do this. Put on your thinking hats for a second, okay? Put on your thinking hats because you, you'll go, okay, I, I get it, I get it. If God gave free pass, let's say it's somebody in uh, Kenya or it's somebody uh, in New Guinea, and they've never heard the story of Jesus, and God just says, okay, if you've never heard the story, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just give you a free ticket to get into heaven. If that's true, if God gives free tickets for people who haven't heard the story, then you realize the story of Jesus would be a curse. Think about that a second, because the only way someone could go to hell is if you and I told them about Jesus, and then they rejected it. So the most loving thing you could do as a parent is never tell your own children about Jesus because they might reject him. And, and don't ever tell your neighbor. Matter of fact, we should all go silent and never again tell anybody about Jesus because then nobody would know and they would all get free passes. And you know that's not true. The only way that someone makes it to heaven is by accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. So what happens? What happens to those people who are in Kenya, or people in India? Here's, here's what the Bible says. Okay, I won't make you turn there. It's, it's Romans chapter 1, okay, and it's actually, let me give you the verses. It's Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. It simply says this, there's enough about God that everybody out there should at least be thinking about God. That, that anyone who looks and sees the stars, sees the sun, should be able to say, there's somebody bigger than me, stronger than me, smarter than me, because I can't create the universe. Somebody else did. And that if somebody is truly a God seeker, that God's going to send somebody to tell them the rest of the story. So let me ask you a question. If there's a God seeker who's in Kenya 
or a God seeker in New Guinea, or if there's a God seeker working at your place of employment, and God is going to send somebody to help them hear the rest of the story, guess who God's probably going to send? People who know the story, which would be you and me. You and me. Because, because, because if Jesus really is the only way to go to heaven, then this is the most important story ever in the history of the world. And I know, I know, I know, I know. I know that we live in a culture in America where they go, look, look, don't talk religion. Don't, 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 no, no, you know, don't talk about funerals and don't talk about God. But guys, if this is the way to get, then this is a story that you and I have to blow past. Social norms. You and I have to be willing to risk friendships to tell people who may be seeking God the rest of the story that they don't know yet because without the story, they die. Imagine this, right, right. Imagine this. Imagine you're driving to Globe. Anybody done that road? Okay, that's bad. That's super windy, steep cliffs on this side, sheer mountain on that. You're driving the globe, it's raining, it's horrible weather outside, and as you go down the road, all of a sudden as you come around one of those sharp hairpin turns, you realize the bridge is out. You slam on your brakes, your car slides across the pavement, you stop with one of your tires hanging over the cliff. You crawl out of your car, adrenaline pumping, you're going, man, I, I was that close to death. Whew. And suddenly it occurs to you, there are other people coming down this road who don't know the bridge is out. And if that moment came, here's what you would do. You'd get up, you'd run up the road as fast as you could, you'd start waving your hands saying, whoa, 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 the bridge is out. And here's what you wouldn't be thinking about. I wonder if I'm interrupting their family time. I wonder if they'll be frustrated that I told them something that they didn't want to hear. See, if you really believe that this was a matter of life and death, you'd, you'd run up the road and tell anybody who'd listen. And guys, 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 this story about Jesus being the only way to heaven is bigger than life and death. It's eternity. And you and I have got to figure out how to tell people this story. And guys, look, it's one of the reasons we as a church partner with you is to help you be able to do this. Anybody wondering why we're doing Friend Day? Because everybody in here is a, a Bachelor fan, right? There's like three of us, okay? Here's why we're doing Friend Day. It's an opportunity for you to bring your friends who may be just beginning baby steps of God-seeking into a room where they're going to hear the story that Jesus is the only way, and we're going to help you have the conversation. Why, why do we ask you to put bumper stickers on your car? So that we can figure out how many of our men are stopping at Sonny's Gentleman's Club. That's why we do it. <laughs> That's why we do it. You come out of there someday, there's a note on there, I wrote the note, okay? I'm just saying. Now, you know why we ask you to do this? 
because this is probably the simplest way that you can get word out there that someone who may be in that moment of actually God seeking would go, you know, maybe I should go try that church. And the hope is that they'd come in the room and they'd hear this amazing story that is life and death. We're partnering with you. Let's be honest. I, just do show of hands. How many of you in the room would say, Lynn, I can think of someone who as I was figuring out God was instrumental in my life to help me get there. How many people would say that? I know at least one person in my life. You know what my guess is? My guess is, is that if you stopped and thought about it, every last one of us would say, oh yeah, there was that grandma who kept praying for me. There was that wacky neighbor who kept inviting. I guarantee you that every one of us has had someone who was the one who invited us to this story. Because it's the most important story ever told, that Jesus is the one way to God. So I'm just gonna invite you to tell the story. I'm gonna invite us to be the church that is the light on the hill and says this is the most important thing that I can tell you. Hey, one last piece. Uh, we've got a class because some of us may say, hey, I, I just not really sure how to share my faith. It's next Sunday at 1155 in room 105. It's just sharing your faith made simple. How, how would you tell this story? Hey, at the very least, I'm thinking when your kids ask the question, if I were mom and dad, I'd want to lead my own kid to the Lord. I'd probably make the class. Let's bow our heads. Here's what I want you to consider with your head bowed. Most of us in this room, you've heard a story, a story about Jesus Christ dying on a cross for your sins, and you've done something with that story. You've invited him into your heart to be your savior. But guys, here's all I'm saying. If that story is true, if the life change in your life is real, then that story is the most important story ever in the history of the world. And there are people around you, there are people around me dying for lack of the story. What are you going to do? Will you be bold enough to maybe even lose a friendship? Will you be courageous enough to maybe even be laughed at? To say, I, I just really do know this to be true. Jesus, Jesus is the only way. Dear Lord Jesus, this is why you came to earth. You came to earth because we were missing the story. We, we weren't understanding how to get to God. And then to seal it, you died on a cross to pay for our condemnation, to clean the water that we were never going to be able to clean ourselves. And we have been set free. We have, we have moved from slaves to sin to slaves to righteousness. And God, every one of us who's experienced that, how could we not? tell the story to a world that's dying without it. God, send us from here. Help us to be light. Help us to be salt. Help us, help us to change our world 
because we refuse to be silent about our Lord. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.